Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. What an important show with uh, my friend and colleague. I'm telling you, breakthrough work she is doing. Nancy Landrum. Let me just tell you what I mean by breakthrough work. Um, she's done a number of shows with us, and every show I learn something, and I try to implement it, and I don't always do it well. And I want to, you know, I said to both my team that, you know, we should, the three of us, myself, Linda and Jessica, should work with Nancy, because I continue to find myself in situations where I will say something or do something, and it will offend another person. And so I'm really becoming more mindful of things like that. Uh, and this morning was a perfect example. You know, you come into work and you expect your day and then you've got 200 emails. But that doesn't mean that you're not in management of yourself. And today I'm talking about being in management of yourself for several reasons, because we're talking about something that is so rampantly pandemic that they don't even cover it enough in any of the divorce situations. And that's infidelity, a symptom, infidelity, a symptom. Nancy Landrum is taking this on. Nancy, I'm telling you, we don't talk about this enough. What we do is we go right to the divorce statistics, right? Well, I've, I've been coaching couples or teaching classes for several years. And a few years ago, something very serendipitous occurred. I was, in, I was invited to participate in a Saturday workshop for therapists to teach them how to work with couples who have had infidelity in their relationship and they want to recover or get through it somehow. So I signed up, went to the course, and the following Tuesday, a woman called me whose husband over their 20-year marriage had had three different affairs, and she was afraid he was in another one and was just at the end of her rope. And I just thought, wow, this was so amazing. I, I went to that Saturday workshop because I thought someday I'm going to run into this with the couples I coach. And here, here she came. So um, the workshop was presented by Dave Carter, who wrote a book called Torn Asunder, Recovering from an Extramarital Affair. So I used the exercises that he recommended in the book to kind of peel back the layers and examine what happened and um, some very important steps for recovery. But I combined that with my own uh, core coaching practice, which is teaching good communication skills, anger management skills, problem solutions. And this couple worked diligently hard. I have to give them a lot of credit because they were both committed to recovering and moving forward with their marriage without this ever happening again. 
So just a couple of years ago, I received this email from her. She said, and I quote, things are going wonderfully. We are seriously the happiest we've ever been in many, many years. You made us deal with the hard stuff and didn't let either of us off the hook. It was the best thing you could have done for us. We're both so thankful to you for the process we went through with you. While disagreements are now seldom, we work through them respectfully and really try to hear one another. By the way, our sex life is the best it's ever been. We're having the time of our lives. That was such a fun email to receive. There are, you know, I, I found, I can't, I, I shouldn't really call myself an expert because I only have anecdotal experience with, I don't know, eight or 10 couples that I've been working with that uh, have experienced some form of recovery, of affair or infidelity. Mm-hmm. But um, they all have one cause in common. And it's made me ask myself the question, you know, is there a single cause at the core of any action that is some form of infidelity? And I call infidelity emotional infidelity, where you start a relationship with someone on Facebook or online. I think pornography is a kind of infidelity. There's the one night stand or the intermittent affairs but could they all have one common cause? I found with the couples I've worked with that the betrayed one usually assumes that somehow they are not enough. They feel offended that the infidelity is a rejection of them personally, and they react with rage or extreme wounding or both. There is often blame going back and forth, a lot of blame and shame. These emotions are certainly understandable, but healing only takes place when both can go beyond the surface reactions and begin to ask themselves what was missing in the relationship that made their relationship susceptible to infidelity, either some kind of emotional infidelity or physical. So that has, when when we can get down below the surface reaction and begin to deal with where are the cracks that were in the relationship to begin with? There's uh, one example recently, and I'll call him John. He frequently, okay. and it, that's kind of a poor choice of words, I guess. That <laughs> works for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> frequently enjo- indulged in pornography in spite of having a good sexual relationship with his wife. So why? Why? They, yeah, exactly. Why? And Why is the question, isn't it? That's the question. Right. What it got down to is they did not have the tools to create and sustain an, an intimate emotional connection. They took care of their businesses. They did a great job of parenting their son, but they didn't know how to create and sustain deep emotional intimacy. And that's what we went to work on was uh, learning the skills so that they had the freedom to talk about anything, any of their needs, to talk about what was going on that wasn't satisfactory to either of them. And she wrote this testimony recently. 
She said before Nancy, we had tried everything and we thought should help, but the distance between us continued to grow. Through this program and talking with Nancy each week, we were able to address the root of the issue and ended up becoming more emotionally and physically close than ever had before, even better than the honeymoon phase. Mm. But, you know, couples, many couples, well, most couples come to marriage uh, in that glow of we're in love, we're going to make it work, we, you know, um, that sexual tension that is so enticing. But once that initial phase wears off, then how do you create the deep connection that will sustain you yeah. through the yeah. life of the relationship? And can I get back to something you said before, because we're covering this today in the show. Uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier, and I want to make sure we cover it today, is, you know, when we take a look at ourselves and we take a look at recovering from things, you know, we have to really look at the range of behaviors. And part of that, you know, you mentioned earlier, and I know you're going to mention throughout the show. So I want to, I want to keep going in that direction. Good. We, we have a new level of infidelity. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I am not the expert here. You are. And let me talk about the new level of infidelity. Um, text messaging with somebody and, oh, she's just my friend. Oh, he's just my friend. Now, I will tell you two things. There's a long list of this. And there's not, I can't figure out any language at all. Maybe you could help because you're in charge of this. But I cannot find any language that explains when you pick up your partner's phone, for some reason, it's blinking and beeping. And you know what it does, the phone, when you get the messages. And you go over there, and you're looking at this, and it's like, who's Jane? It's not, I can't think of any amount of words a man or a, you know, same-sex couple would say to eradicate that text message. Can you? Well, interestingly enough, I think all the, well, most of the couples I've worked with, that's how the infidelity is discovered. Oh, wow. And it's like a bomb wow. going off in the relationship. It, it blows everything you thought was secure apart hmm. for the betrayed one. And the one who is doing the friend messaging is starting an emotional connection outside of the marriage that does not belong in the marriage it violates the marriage violates that relationship wow i i love this body of work you're doing i just i can't say enough about this i i don't even know where to begin to honor your work in this area nancy um because i, I can sit here and i can think about myself my own life i can think about you know, these potholes, stepping into them, not really understanding the impact. But I can think about other people, too. I, I mean, I have a number of people that I already know now. And, you know, and we're and, and I want to say this. I, I, I mentioned, you know, the LGBTQ community. And I want to mention this again. There is a body of, of, of people now 
in the LGBTQAI community that entered into the new realm of marriage. And there are so many things to learn in this community, so many things to learn. It's not quite the same. It's same, but it's not quite. But I wanted to say this, it doesn't matter what community you're in. Infidelity is infidelity, right, Nancy? Tell us. Absolutely, absolutely. Disloyalty is disloyalty, period. Mm -hmm. Betrayal is betrayal. There's, there's no nice term you know, no. for what it does to the sanctity of that relationship for the security. I want to just take a moment to sure. define what I'm calling emotional intimacy. I want you to define it because I don't think we even know that this is, I, I don't think we know what we don't know about it. So go ahead. And then I want to make sure we talk about the programs you're creating to help. But how do you define it? What is in emotional infidelity? I, I only have my own personal experience with my late husband, Jim, where we were able to create this and build on it and enjoy it until he passed away. But emotional intimacy, from my point of view, is when you have confidence that the one you love will hear anything you need to talk about with empathy. Your beloved wants to know you and wants to be known by you. You are each other's best friend. You enjoy sexual passion. You laugh together. Although you love your friends and family, you make enjoying time alone together a high priority. There are no topics that are off limits. There is no one in the world that I felt safer with than Jim and he with me. So that's, we had, we had done the work, we had learned the skills, and we had done the work that um, healed up the cracks that caused so much, us so much pain in the beginning years of our relationship, and found solutions to the issues that were brought up by our relationship that, that met both of our needs and were able to move forward. We kept our agreements with each other. We treated each other with respect 24 seven, whether we were upset with each other or not, we treated each other with respect and courtesy. We were willing to talk about anything and, um, and work it out. So how did we do this? That's the how. It was, we learned to listen to each other for the purpose of understanding each other's point of view. We were willing to hear the other's point of view delivering any message to your partner with respect and courtesy. On the show, other interviews I've had with you, Dr. Pat, I emphasize that respect is the basis of love, that you can't grow love without treating each other with respect. So we needed to learn how to treat each other with respect. I needed to learn how to tell Jim what I needed to say without using disrespectful methods that were attacking. And I've said before, my favorite was sarcastic put downs. Well, you, I couldn't indulge in sarcastic put downs and expect Jim to hear me. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite things is that if you want your partner to listen to you, you have to make it safe for him or her to do so. 
has to make a safe environment for speaking and listening. We knew how we learned how to have a skill discussion, which is a discussion with rules that keep you both safe so that you can talk about anything without fighting and knowing how to handle anger without using anger as an excuse to attack your partner. So much of anger comes out as attacking and just creates more damage rather than helping you move forward. Can we talk about anger for a minute? Um, I, I would like to just talk for a minute, if we could, about what we mean by anger. Because when we say anger, people think about fits of rage. Of course, they're right there. But that there are so many different shades of anger. And, and so I want to talk about the fact that it doesn't matter what shade of anger it is. There's an emotional response that happens that literally causes more damage. And some people would think, no, I'm not angry. I just, I just, I just made a comment and walked away. Or I'm not angry. I just threw down the book. Or I. So we need to just talk for a minute about the fact that you know we're not talking about emotional rage where you put your hand through the wall. That is like not even acceptable. But there are other degrees of anger that damage a relationship that we need to talk about. Resentment that isn't addressed in a respectful way will leak out in disrespectful ways or create emotional distance between the two of you. The next couple I was going to use as an example, that was one thing that was going on with them. She had a low level of resentment that she didn't talk about and it created emotional distance between the two of them. And he would come home from a very high stress job and want to talk about what happened at, at work and she couldn't hear him because mm. she was very involved with their three children being a wonderful mom and um, managing their household but he felt like he could not share the things that were disturbing to him he worked in a busy er and saw gruesome things and sometimes you know was very emotionally affected by it needed a good friend to talk to and she wasn't there, he thought. So he um, began an affair with a coworker who understood him, you know, yep. quote, quote unquote. And she found out about it and reacted just blue sky high with rage and um, filed for legal separation and closed their bank accounts and started divorce proceedings and was egged on by her family who, you know, were very offended for her. And so he moved out, moved back home with his mom. And, um, and fortunately, when she calmed down a bit, she asked herself, is this really the only option? Is the only option to divorce? Is there any way that we can heal this marriage and move forward? I have to give her a lot of credit for even being able to ask herself that question. Oh man, yeah. So, I mean, can I just talk for a minute? Yes, but, please do. You know, part of the coaching that you do, and let's just let's just have a moment of this, because I know the changes that I am attempting to make in a, in all my affairs. You know, just from this, you know, the time I spend with you. But what you do is you help people find that place. See, and, and I want to talk about this. 
we think we can do things alone and then we just don't move forward, especially about relationships. Yeah. And, you know, this is such a critical point in time that people need to know they can go to a trusted person, even to find that language that she found. Yes. What a bold move, wasn't it? It was an amazing move. That's when she gave me a call and she said, this is where we are. I don't know if it can be salvaged, but I want to find out if there's any way to salvage our marriage and heal it. Hmm. So they began to work with me and I actually, I, I started them by teaching them anger management skills because they were both so angry. She was hurt and angry. He was offended because she, you know, shut off his access to their funds and yeah. filed for divorce so quickly uh, that he was offended and angry. Wow. So they learned how to vent their anger more safely. She, I told her, writing a letter every day telling him how nasty he is and you know all the ways he's hurt you and on and on say anything you want in the letter and then burn it but if you want the marriage to be saved you've got to stop attacking him and blaming him as though it's all his fault and one of the places that is a magic place in recovery from any variation of an affair is when you're willing to go below the surface reactions and ask yourself, what was going on in our relationship that yeah. made it susceptible to this kind of problem? Yeah. And when they got there, um, gosh, I coached them through several very grueling skilled discussions where they kind of peeled back the layers, but they were finally able to look at their individual flaws and recognize that those flaws are what set them up to have anything major go wrong with the relationship. In this case, it was an affair. So they began to make changes and it's been hard work. I've been working with them now for about two months and just a couple of weeks ago, he moved back home. Oh, wow. And uh, wow. I gave them the assignment of creating a marriage vision to write down the characteristics of the marriage that they want to be true of their marriage from now on until one of them passes. Mm -hmm. And they shared their marriage visions with each other in front of me the other day. And I was so deeply touched, and she was too. She began crying mm. when this man said, he expressed his personal goal that every decision he made from now on about their marriage or their family be made from a place of personal integrity. He wanted to be a man who of honor. And I, she began to cry because that meant so much to hear. But this is the transformation that has taken place. And it's still taking place. They've got more work to do, but they're doing it. Wow. Nancy, um, I want to talk with you when we come back from break about that last thing you said. They've got more work to do, but they're willing to do it. I, I mean, what you just described is almost unimaginable. You know, it really talks to the power 
of what people are capable of doing if they have some tools. Uh, Nancy Landrum, folks, I want to make sure you know that if you want to work with Nancy, if you want to find out more about exactly about what she's talking about and how she works with folks. Um, and by the way, you know, you don't have to be married to get help. You can be in a relationship where you need to get this help now. Um, and please go to nancylandrum.com, nancy, L-A-N-D-R-U-M.com. If you've got a question for today's show, for Nancy, 1-800-930-2819. The other thing I want to say is, you know, if you are harboring a resentment for a past relationship, and you're not in relationship now, but you're harboring that, this is also a time to get some help to let it go. When we come back, we're going to talk about, okay, now we've gotten there. How do we create, how do we sustain this emotional intimacy? And Nancy has said this before, how we behave, how we react, it all comes together in how we love. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Even though your home base is one Enneagram type, you have characteristics of all the types. Tune in to Enneagram Conversations with Renee Siegel the second and fourth Monday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how you can unlock your unlimited potential. Visit YouArePurePotential.com for more about Renee and her work. That's the letter U, the letter R, PurePotential.com. Hey there, I'm Ricky Schwartz from My Turn Life Coaching, Reclaim Your Life. How do you know if you're living your life and not someone else's? Here's one way to find out. First, list out your top five core values. For example, mine are empathy, excellence, passion, service, and core values. Then put those core values into short first-person core value statements. In my case, one, empathy powers my relationships. Two, excellence is the goal in all things I do. Three, passion fuels my perseverance. Four, my value is measured by my service to others. And five, core values drive all of my life decisions. Now ask yourself, am I using my core value statements to drive my personal and professional decisions? Maybe not, maybe you've never even considered doing so. And that's where life coaching begins. Go to MyTurnLifeCoaching.com and let's put your personal core values into your driver's seat. Caring for someone with a life-altering diagnosis? You are a care hero. Navigating the unfamiliar options can be overwhelming, but you are not alone. Tune in to A Cup of Comfort with me, Trish Lau, twice monthly on Transformation Talk Radio. Let me guide you through your care hero journey by providing actionable information on how to care for a loved one in need. For more information about me, visit trishlaub.com. That's trishlaub, L-A-U-B as in boy, dot com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. 
In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street, and I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week, and most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Nancy Landrum is in the house. If you want to find out about Nancy's program, if you want to find out about what she's doing, go to nancylandrum.com. Or if you're on Facebook, Nancy Landrum, author, Nancy Landrum, author, coach. But we're talking about an area of expertise she has, and that is working with people and relationships. Whether you're in an intimate relationship or you're in a work relationship, it's relationships. But today we are talking about something very, very specific, infidelity a symptom. That story you shared, man, that is like transformative. But now that we've done it, how do we keep the mojo going? How do we keep and create that level of emotional intimacy? I know you and I were talking over the break. Once you go through this, you have information and knowledge. So you know, for each other where you are in this process. But some people think, Creating and sustaining is harder than repairing. (laughs) Creating and sustaining in the long run is the most rewarding path that most couples could take. And if you don't create and sustain or learn the skills for creating and sustaining emotional intimacy, then somewhere down the road in another relationship, you're apt to create the same problems. I have an acquaintance years ago that uh, he had an affair. He was a school teacher. He had an affair with another teacher. They both divorced their current spouses, thought they'd finally found the love of their life. They got married. And he confided to my sister 10 years later. He said, we're dealing with the same issues in this marriage that we had in our first marriages because they hadn't healed the cracks in themselves. They hadn't learned the skills. Um, They were doomed to repeat the same, which is why second and third subsequent marriages have a much higher divorce rate than first marriages, because we carry our baggage with us. We can't help it. I want to ask you this. Um, Let me just say it the way way I know it. Okay. You go through this work and a lot of couples just stop. They stop. They're like, we got this, right? But we got this doesn't anticipate all of the post-traumatic stress disorder things that can come up in this. You know, we got this means when the text, when the phone rings, uh uh-oh, it's that thing again and it's really not. It's just Amazon or somebody telling you your package is coming. Uh, we, this is the area that I find, especially in the people that I work with, this is the area where 
this is really where the work starts. Can you talk about this phase and what we need to do, not just to sustain it, but to keep the richness in our relationship growing? Oh, gosh, there's so many answers to that <laughs> question. I, I wish I could do bullet points, but <laughs> I recommend that every couple have two dates every week. One date for fun, just to rem remind each other why we love each other and have some fun. And another date to have a skilled discussion to keep the decks clear of any issues, any little irritations that have begun to pile up or to talk about your goals or talk about maybe the dream that one of you has that you need to share with the other. So two dates a week and never the two shall meet. When you go on a fun date, if an irritation comes up, you set it aside for the skilled discussion date. You don't let it interfere with having a good time together. And you practice daily appreciation so that you're focused on what is good in your partner and what is good in the relationship rather than letting little irritations become the focus of your attention. Um, there's, um, those, those are three yeah. of the, the ways to create and sustain. You have to make your marriage a high priority. Too many couples with children make the children their highest priority. Oh. And of course, children need their fair share of attention and commitment, but they also need to learn that mom and dad need time alone together. They need to learn that mom and dad go on dates alone together, not just family outings. Uh, even small children, I've told people with small children, set the kitchen timer for 15 minutes and tell your <laughs> toddlers that mom and dad need to be alone for 15 minutes to talk about something. And if they interrupt you before the 15 minutes is over, then you reset the timer. So they learn they can't interrupt. There needs to be a lock on the bedroom door. Um, but don't lose sight of the fact that the marriage is the foundation of the family. The relationship is the foundation. And if the relationship has cracks in it, what happens to the children when divorce takes place? The statistics are overwhelmingly dire as far as children who have experienced the divorce of their parents do not grow up with the confidence that they can create and sustain a happy relationship. They, they don't have any model to base their belief on. Um, creating a marriage vision that this couple I was just talking about is they put into words uh, descriptive sentences describing the quality of happiness they want to, to achieve, not just now, but forever. And they're uh, combining their two lists, consolidating them. I suggested they pick a beautiful font, you know, print it out with some beautiful paper and frame it, hang it up where they see it and review it periodically, because that's the goal that keeps them moving in the direction that will provide the sustainability part of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what we're talking about here is setting up, and we've talked about this before, is setting up healthy boundaries and being able to really put things in place 
that enable people to feel free, right? And to understand it. And part of this too is having a conversation about conversations. Let's talk about that for a minute. You know, when we are entering the realm of conversations to sustain emotional intimacy, you know, sometimes these conversations are uncomfortable and we have to really get to the place where we get more comfortable with them. Even when we have to listen or listen and understand your partner's point of view, where does that become a critical issue? Understanding your point, partner's point of view. I think it's one of the hardest things to do. From the beginning, all the way through the end. I mean, it never stops being a critical part of sustaining a healthy and loving relationship. So learning that skill, listening for the purpose of understanding the other's point of view is probably one of the most key skills that I teach couples. You know, most of us before Jim and I learned this, um, I wasn't listening to him when he spoke. I was deciding if I agreed with him or not, or <laughs> I was planning my rebuttal. Uh, and I didn't really care what his point of view was because he was wrong and I was right. And as long as you've got that right, wrong thing going in the relationship, you'll have a lot of trouble listening for your partner's point of view. When we learned this skill, I literally did a mind game I'd set my issue, my point of view up on a shelf in the closet and tell my inner child, I can take it back down when it's my turn to speak. But for right now, my job is to listen to Jim mm -hmm. and to listen with deep empathy, meaning that I care about his point of view. His point of view is valid, just as valid as mine. There are no wrong point of views. So... Um, and then when it was my turn to speak and it was his turn to listen, I would take my stuff down and share what I needed to share with him, understanding that now his job was to listen to me. You know, Nancy, uh, all of these things really lead to the place of wanting and needing and allowing this to be a priority. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And one of the things, um, one of the things that I'm really struck by in this is how often we are in a place, right, where we don't really set these goals in place, where we don't really say, here's where we are today. You know, what do we want to achieve? It's almost as if we think this is organic and some parts of it are organic, but we don't really have a game plan. Like we don't have a game plan to set our sustainable emotional intimacy in place. I want to talk about this. When we come back, let's talk about what happens when we set some guidelines and goals in place. What happens when we decide that we're going to have a date night? What happens when we decide Yes, this is the way we're going to move forward together. See, part of the idea of this novelty wearing off is like things became organic, but we didn't become a priority. When we come back, how do we make our relationship a priority? How do we set some clear goals and have a vision that you can visit and revisit in a safe 
space when we combat that and more from Nancy Landry. You know, marriage is not always easy, but skills that improve communication go a long way. Tune in to the Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love with Nancy Landrum and Dr. Pat each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Nancy is an author and teacher empowering couples to create and sustain loving marriages. Learn to listen, speak, and handle conflict with respect so your love can flourish. To learn more about Nancy and her work, visit NancyLandrum.com. Imagine you are a ball of steel, smooth, small, and cool to the touch. Your life will soften you with fire. You will take hits that shape you. You will be forged into a powerful, purposeful work of art. Tune in to Forging a Life with Coach Christine Clark. Join in Dr. Pat Basile in a three-part series, Truths in the Creation of Katana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Christine Clark, a gifted, engaging speaker and trainer who has forged her life in the fires of self-employment, will take you on a journey to exploring the internal, mental, and emotional blocks that stand between us and a life of significance through an analogy of the process of crafting a traditional Japanese sword or katana. For more information about Christine, visit sunglowtransformation.com. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing, or just doing my job, when really you knocked it out of the park? How did you get like this? Next time someone tells you great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self and how far you can go by being more you. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm really thrilled to have Nancy Landrum joining us here today because we both have been updating ourselves on the latest statistics that are now coming in regarding relationships, you know, regarding divorce rates. You know, there's some new, new, new data that's coming in, which we're not covering on this show. We've covered on other shows and Nancy, I'm sure we'll cover in future shows. And that has to do with the degree of addiction, uh, things that are happening in relationships that have changed it. Today, we're talking about something very specific and very specifically on the rise infidelity. Uh, Nancy, how do we find out more about you? Tell people about some of the programs uh, that you have and what you're doing to help people, not with just t- not with just infidelity. There's a whole range of things that you're seeing right now. How yeah. do they find out about that? 
Well, first of all, go to my website, nancylandrum.com. There's an online relationship skills course called the Millionaire Marriage Club, which you can take on your own in the privacy of your home that teaches all the skills that I've been talking about. Uh, so if, if that appeals to you, you can start there. If you need additional help or coaching from me, you can send me an email from the website or send the email to nancy at nancylandrum.com. And my phone number is 951-239-1134. So if you, and the book, uh, How to Stay Married and Love It is my signature book that Jim and I wrote together, kind of outlining not only the progression of our own marriage from extremely conflicted to finally the marriage that we uh, enjoyed for 17 years before Jim passed away. Um, I, I want to mention this uh, diagram that I often draw for couples where I am an individual, you are an individual, but between us, we have this living entity called a relationship. And it requires attention, just like our individual bodies and mental health need attention. We need food, we need air, we need water. Um, the, the relationship needs maintenance and we take it for granted too many couples start out the problems start out by taking the relationship for granted and not making it a priority so dr pat and i were talking about these dates you know two dates a week that i mentioned a little while ago they need to be on your calendars both on your calendars they need to be written in ink and uh, the only way either of those dates can be changed is if you both agree to push it back an hour or, uh, or have your date night on Saturday rather than Friday night or whatever, but you have to agree. You can't just let those dates slip away and become in, unimportant or lost in the minutiae of our lives. Um, oh, one middle-aged couple that I've been working with recently she thought they were happily married. They'd been married for, I don't know, 20 years. But he began an emotional attachment, a romantic emotional attachment to a friend of theirs. And when she found out, the wife found out that he was taking her to lunch and giving her flowers, uh, she wow. was heartbroken, just crushed. And um, that's when she called me and they needed to find out how to put it back together. Wow. They ha have some major differences between them that have required some adjustment in their thinking. Like, just because this is different than, than the way I would do it doesn't make him wrong, doesn't make her wrong. Eventually, we all three realized that he had to cut off all contact with this romantic attachment that he had begun. But she had to learn to control her temper because he didn't feel safe confiding in her because she got mad so easily. Yeah. Would, you know, attack him. So yeah. he, he would shut down. Yeah. That's, and that's the key that I was talking about before, Nancy, because this idea of getting mad doesn't always mean you're throwing something across the room. Nope. It's an emotional reaction that will just shut everything down. Yes. When someone is mad and expresses it in an attacking way, the knee-jerk reaction is to be defensive, 
to withdraw, to pull back, or to fight back verbally so that you get into this escalated argument that goes nowhere and just creates more damage. Right, right. I, I want to ask you this. I know we've got a few minutes left, but I want to ask you, as we recap what we're doing here and what we're talking about, we've talked about some very, very important things. And part of what we've talked about is really looking at how we show up and ask for help. And I want to ask you in these, in these last couple of minutes left, I want to ask you, what is our message for people today? What is it that we can share in uh, signs of hope? First, I guess the first thing I'd want to say is that love isn't enough. You have to have good skills. You have to know how to treat each other with respect. You have to have good anger management, personal emotional management skills, so that you're not contributing damage to the relationship. And you have to want to be committed in a relationship so that you demonstrate loyalty. Uh, you don't make fun of your partner. You don't uh, tell nasty stories about her in public. Right. Uh, you you uh, you honor. Uh, as the gentleman that I told before, he wanted to make sure all of his decisions were honorable. Well, you don't honor your partner if you're you're making snide remarks about her weight or her clothing or uh, or his bad habits. You don't expose your partner in a disrespectful way. Yeah, all of that is part of being loyal. And be committed to building and nurturing this living entity between the two of you called a relationship. The middle-aged couple I was just talking about, they've both done a lot of hard work in the last several weeks and looked at each other's flaws, admitted their individual flaws, and they're learning the skills. They said last week, they told me they have talked more in the last couple of weeks than they have in the first 20 years of their marriage. They've shared more openly. They've been more transparent. I think transparency is one of the characteristics of a healthy relationship. Uh, you, you tell the, the minute truths. Uh, and uh, they're, they're learning how to maintain the priority of their relationship. And I promise them that if they keep doing the things they're doing now, their love for each other will deepen until neither one would do anything to jeopardize the treasure of their relationship. That's yeah. why I called it the Millionaire Marriage Club. Uh, not that you'll be a millionaire when you join the club, but that you will, you, will val you will create a relationship that is so valuable to you that you will not do anything to jeopardize it. Yeah. And these affairs, emotional affairs or pornography or literal affairs, physical affairs, all of those things that are chosen to escape um, because you don't have the skills to create the emotional intimacy. I believe that we fall in love because we long for that kind of emotional intimacy. We long to know and be known. We long to be safe with at least one person in the world. Yes. And if you don't know how to sustain it, then, and you're not willing to learn, then you're susceptible to these things like affairs of some level or another. Wow. 
Well, thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much. How can people find out more about you? How can they work with you? All of the above. Again, go to my website is the first place to start, nancylandrum.com. Uh, my phone number and email address are listed on the website, or you can just call me directly, 951-239-1134, or email me at nancy at nancylandrum.com.